0: You have a story you were created to live. A story this world needs you to live. But often I think we miss it because we either don't know what the story is really about or we don't know how to live it out or maybe even we don't know that we actually have a story. But when we discover what the story of Jesus is really about, we discover what our own story is really about. So let's talk about it together. Humans have always loved good stories. Like, especially stories that follow that hero's journey narrative. Like, I mean, go ancient with the Epic of Gilgamesh or Homer's Odyssey. And then we go to Frodo Baggins and Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter and even Link from Legend of Zelda. With the story of an average person who, through adversity and bravery, transforms and reaches some kind of ultimate goal. These stories capture our imaginations of what life could be and, and who we could be. And we can't help but see ourselves in the story. And for a little while, our lives become an adventure. And we become more than like the farmers or the workers or the teachers or the lawyers or the students or the parents that we have to be every other day. See, good stories give us hope that we can experience more than a usual life. But then we close the book and the movie's over and we have to get back to real life, right? Monday comes back and we're back to the grind, and those TPS reports won't get on the boss's desk by themselves, and that toilet needs to be cleaned, those bills need to be paid, and somebody needs to go buy those groceries. But what if we didn't have to just wish and dream and imagine that our lives could be an adventure? What if we could really live stories that not only rise above the usual, but transform even our most mundane moments into chapters that add to the storyline of something bigger and better? We can. It's why we're taking the time to go through what we call the book of Mark and immerse ourselves in the story of Jesus. Because when we join the story of Jesus, we find our role in the greatest story ever written. I know that kind of, I know it sounds almost cheesy and like I'm overselling it, right? I'm I'm not. This is something that has happened to millions of people. It's something that's happened to me. And it started one day, 2,000 years ago, with four fishermen. Last time, we looked at how Mark showed Jesus as the fulfillment of God's promise to come and restore his people to himself. And he came to offer all of humanity a new beginning through him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. He's saying something is about to happen. A new chapter in the story of humanity is beginning through me, Jesus. The kingdom of God is coming. God's revolution on earth has begun. And God is writing a new story for humanity where the weak will be made strong, where the last will be made first, where our separation from God will turn into God personally living in and through us. And he says to join this story, repent and believe. And repent, which we talked about, is you know, not just feeling bad and, and stop, stop doing some sins. No, it's to change our allegiance from ourself to God and allow God to transform how we view ourselves and others and the world and even him. He says, repent and believe the good news, the good news that God sees us. God loves us. God has come to restore and rescue us. And believe, that's a—that's kind of an interesting word, right? When we, we know the word, but we all have different definitions for it. Often we see it as, you know, well, some people just have belief and faith while others don't. Some are believers and some just can't and you know, zap, now you have faith, lucky for you. Or we see it as, you know, choosing to accept something no matter what the facts say. That's dumb. Like that's actually called being delusional. Jesus and Mark in his writing are inviting people, are inviting the people then and us now to make an educated decision and choice. He's saying, listen to my good news. Look at me, look how I live, look at what I do and listen to what I say. Do you believe you can trust I am who I say I am and I'll do what I say I will do? Do you trust that I am trustworthy or not? See, belief is choosing to trust that someone or something is trustworthy. And we do it all the time, right? You get in a plane and you're trusting that the pilot knows what he's doing, the the plane's in working order. Every time you take a drink of water, you're trusting that it doesn't have poison in it. Every time you exhale, you're trusting that there will be more breath to breathe back in. We trust and we choose to believe all the time. And then Mark shows with that choice to trust Jesus, to believe the good news, what it looks like and even what it requires. And while he's doing that, he's introducing us to some of the main supporting characters that we'll see throughout the rest of this story. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. Which, that little detail there just shows this, like, kind of like an eyewitness. Like, Peter's remembering, Simon, Peter's remembering. Oh yeah, and when Jesus called them, like, Zebedee's just sitting there and like, what the heck just happened? Anyway, so Jesus has just announced the culmination of God's story with humanity—that it's about to take place—and what 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 do we see that happens next? Well, we expect, like some big event, right? This big announcement, and then Jesus probably like going to the capital to set up his his new government and then going to the leaders and getting them on his side and getting everybody ready for this new kingdom that's coming and this maybe fight against Rome. And instead, you see, see Jesus taking a walk on the beach, hanging out in a fishing village, and collecting his first inner circle of followers. And again, we see a main theme that we will find in this book throughout, that the kingdom of God rarely looks like we expect it to look like. And the way Mark writes this scene, it almost seems like Jesus kind of just like shows up out of the blue and, and calls these guys and says, come follow me. And they're like, oh, okay, stranger, let you know, let me leave everything and, and start walking around with you and, and be one of your main guys. Well, from the other accounts, Matthew, Luke, and John, we actually see, the, you know, those different angles of Jesus' life it actually seems like this isn't their first interaction with Jesus. Andrew was actually a follower of John the Baptist. So he was most likely at that baptism we talked about last time, where, you know, the heavens were open and God spoke and that type of thing. And and, so Andrew had met with and and talked with Jesus. and And he had introduced his brother Simon, who later becomes Peter, to Jesus. So they had heard his claims to be bringing the kingdom of God. So when Jesus told them to follow him, They knew he was inviting them to make a decision about his claim to be bringing in the kingdom of God. Do they choose to repent and believe? Will they choose to trust that Jesus is really bringing the kingdom? Are they willing to join the story, to dedicate their lives to him and to his teaching and to his mission and to his his kingdom? And he says, follow me, meaning not just, you know, come and listen to me for a bit or, you know, hey, come join my guy's Bible study. but but to actually learn from him. Learn to do what he did. Come be one of his main guys in the new kingdom that is coming. Which, honestly, if you put yourself in these guys' shoes, must have been a shock to them. It's not like they woke up that morning thinking they were going to completely change their lives and become part of God's grand story for humanity. I mean, it, we see that Peter was married. And so think about Peter going to work, When to buy, honey, goes to work to fish, comes back and is like, I'm going to follow them Like That must have blown her mind, right? Can you imagine? I'm leaving my whole job to follow this guy. Like, they are in the middle of doing what they've always done. What their fathers had done, what their grandfathers had done, what their great-grandfathers had always done. Fishing. And these types of businesses, they weren't just like passed down through father to son through generations. They were probably passed on through centuries. Like this is what their family did. This is who they are. They are fishermen. That's their story. No other options. Day in and day out. Fish. Clean the nets. Fish. Clean the nets. So they must be thinking like, I've heard this guy talk about how he's bringing the kingdom of God. And that sounds really great. I can't wait for it. But Calling me, I'm no religious scholar. I'm not connected or important. And this type of thing doesn't happen to people like me. My story is just about, you know, trying to catch enough fish to get by, hoping my kids grow healthy enough to fish with me and hoping my my wife likes me enough to, you know. And they're thinking, look, I know this story. I'm comfortable with this story. I've been trained for this story. I don't know anything about this kingdom of God stuff. But Jesus doesn't let them voice any of those concerns. In the next breath, he kind of lays it all out. He says, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Other translations have him saying, I will make you fishers of people. He's saying like, of course you don't know anything and I don't care. If you're willing to trust me and follow me, I will show you how to play your role in a new story, in the story. Follow me and I will transform your story. When we are willing to trust Jesus, he gives us the ability to follow him. Think about it, Jesus assumes the responsibility for them. He's saying as long as they are willing, he will make them who they need to be in order to play their part. And so what do these guys do who are most likely mid to late teenagers? What do they do? They left their nets at once. And they're not just like leaving their belongings, kind of like we talked about. They're leaving their security, their livelihood, their family connections. They left their dad sitting in the boat. They're leaving their family history and traditions. They're leaving whatever dreams they had of their future as as fishermen. It seems kind of harsh that Jesus would ask them to completely give up all their ties and what they and their families had worked for for so long. I mean, that is a lot to sacrifice. But in reality, it's like inviting that kid who's been eating mud pies in the backyard to come inside and eat a huge slice of grandma's delicious apple pie. Like, no matter how good and fun those mud pies are, they aren't going to give you real life and joy. And Jesus is saying, yes, you'll give up what you're used to, but I'm inviting you to something so much more. God is writing a new story. God's revolution is on the move, and I'm inviting you into it. And so they choose to trust Jesus, and they leave everything they put their futures they put their careers they put their families in jesus's hands and they choose to follow him and because of it not only were their stories changed forever the story of humanity was changed forever like we are right here you're listening about jesus because these fishermen said yes to jesus's invitation to follow him so Maybe you're asking the question, why would Mark take the time to like add this account? Why all these details? Like, Why not get to the, the good stuff about this is a story about Jesus? Like, Get to the good stuff about Jesus, the miracles and the healings and the demons and stuff. Why did he add this scene? Because it underlines the whole point of why he wrote the book. Jesus has never stopped inviting people into God's story. Jesus is still inviting us into his story. Jesus is still calling, repent and believe, leave everything and follow me and I will show you what your story can really be I will show you a story of true real and full life what do you think would have happened to Simon and Andrew and James and John if they had said no Jesus I'm good nothing they were just kept on fishing doing the same thing every day that their ancestors had done every day they would have died unknown with nothing to show for their efforts but passing on the same life to their descendants we are invited to experience a life and a story so much more, so much better than we can imagine and pass on to our kids something more than just living to make a little more. But to discover our true story, we have to let go of the story we've been trying to write for ourselves. Just like these four disciples did. To play our role in the story of Jesus, we have to leave everything and follow Jesus. So what would that look like for us now, 2023, to leave Everything and follow Jesus. Well for everyone. It's different, right? It might mean letting go of the dreams we had for the future It might mean letting go of how we view success and letting go of our personal agendas Maybe letting go of our desire to be right or our desire to make sure others know that they are wrong Letting go of our desire to decide what someone else should leave for Jesus Maybe it means leaving the identities We've built for ourselves behind whether it's through like our politics or our socioeconomic status or even our culture and yes, for some people, it might be, actually mean leaving everything. Like, leaving everything might actually mean leaving everything. Your family, your career, your security, to follow Jesus wherever he leads. And you might be thinking, just like, you know, the, these four guys probably did. But I don't know anything. I don't know all the Bible verses and, and the Bible stories. I don't know those songs you sing at church. And I don't know how to talk to anybody about Jesus or even, like, pray out loud. And I haven't even read the entire book of Mark yet. Neither had Simon, Andrew, James, and John. See, just like any great story, following Jesus is a journey. Just like we grow in our abilities in in either sports or music or baking or reading or really any art, the more time we spend practicing, the more time we spend with Jesus and his people doing the things he did, the more we become like him, the more our story becomes aligned with his. If you remember, in our last series, we talked about the art of following Jesus. And we had these different practices that help us follow or practice the art of following Jesus. So we practice those things. And the more we do them, the more we'll become like Jesus. And yeah, you'll mess up. You'll get it wrong. But think about it. The goal in any art or in any like journey isn't that it's perfect. It's that we keep growing and we keep doing it. And Jesus doesn't quit on his people he has taken responsibility to train his disciples in his perfect timing and way. So, be patient and keep following. Which, a side note, which is why we need to be very, very wary of trying to force people to meet our standards and our timelines. Like, who are we to tell someone else's follower what we think their story should look like right now? See, God is on the move. His revolution is still continuing, breaking down the old kingdom of pride and hurt and pain and injustice, and bringing his new kingdom of love and joy and peace. He is inviting each and every one of us to join our story to his. And he says to each of us every day, follow me and I will make you who you were always meant to be. Jesus' invitation demands a definite and conscious response. And so with that, I think our challenge for this week is to ask a very, uh, I think, simple question, but heavy question at times. What is my response to Jesus's invitation? What is my response to Jesus is inviting all of us? What is our response to his invitation? And why is that my response? I think there's probably three legitimate responses to that question. The first one, of course, is yes. Yes, I want to follow Jesus. I am accepting his invitation. And if this is your first time saying, yeah, I want to accept that invitation, tell him. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I pledge my allegiance to you as my king. Make me more and more like you every day. And if that is true, if that's what you've done and want to do, let us know so we can walk with you in that and kind of help in the art of following Jesus. Maybe it's time to talk about baptism and showing the world that you are a Jesus follower. And maybe you have done that, but your answer is still yes. And you want to say yes every day then pray that he will show you what your role looks like today. Show you what your role as a Jesus follower, your role in his story looks like in that that certain situation or that certain relationship. The second legitimate answer is no, I don't accept that invitation. And that's fair. Just let me ask you one question. Are you actually rejecting Jesus or are you rejecting what those who claim to follow him have made him look like? So much of what many of us think Jesus is about and for comes from people with their own agendas who know nothing about the true Jesus. Many of the things that make us say no to following Jesus are the same things Jesus would have said no to. So maybe that's your answer. Now third, I think legitimate answer is I'm still investigating. That's awesome. Jesus is patient. So stick with us, explore more of the story of Jesus but no at some point a decision will have to be made because no decision eventually becomes a decision to say no i believe we love good stories because it awakens a god-given desire in us to be part of the world's true story to join the story of our creator and king who knows us and fights for us a hero king who invites us to leave behind whatever we were told our stories are supposed to be and to join our lives to his story A story that brings life and purpose and meaning to every moment. The invitation to follow Jesus is the invitation to experience true life. So what does that story look like? Can we really trust that Jesus can give us that new story? Come back and find out. And if you want to read ahead on what we're gonna talk about next, check out Mark 1, 21 through 39. Read that this week and just ask yourself, what stands out to me? for watching this week's content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. Uh, Thanks for joining us on this journey through Mark, the story of Jesus. Uh, There'll be lots of content for you available online, YouTube, and podcast. But also don't forget we meet in person on Sundays at 430 in South Salem at 525 Idlewood Drive. So find out more on our website, yourcrosscreek.com. We also have uh, stuff for kids this summer, some great lessons put out by the Bible Project. So we're really excited about some of the things that are happening over at Cross Creek, and we're just really glad to see you here online. Uh, Send us your information via the welcome form, say hello, uh, request a Bible, request prayer, or join a small group. Uh, It's all online there for you, and we'll see you next week.